We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 He a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps a tackle. Runs left. 25 still to feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. I don't know Michael Knight, but I got Tommy here. Derek C. Apollo with my partner in crime, Tommy Evans, and it is time, time for Tommy's draft picks. Every year, Tommy puts together a list of the draft, and every year, he's pretty accurate, even on the ones the Rams miss. Tommy, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you today, bud? I'm living the flipping dream. <laughs> Every day. Get to talk draft with you. Get to get back on the air a few days off. Man, I am ready to go. Draft starts tomorrow. We'll have this out tonight. But yet, of course, the Rams don't pick until Lord knows when. And who knows, even they'll pick a 104. So, Tommy, before you get into this draft, what was your main thought process as to how you mocked this bad boy out? I have a similar process that I use every year. So what I do is I look at the players we lost in free agency or retirement, big wit type deal, right, this year versus what we're looking at possibly losing after this coming season in free agency, which is any player on the team that's a pretty much a major contributor um, and his contract is going to be expiring after next year. You got to look at it as if you're not going to retain any of these players. 
you know, a lot of people will come back to me and say, well, you know, if we could get them on the cheap, yeah, if this, if that, let's just, let's look at it as if they're all gone, right? Because that's the worst case scenario. And to build a championship team year in and year out, you have to look at it in that way, in my opinion. If you get to bring some of these guys back on team-friendly deals, great. But a lot of times these guys are gone, you know, so I like to look at it that way. Um, we didn't lose a ton of players this offseason. You know, Big Wit retired. We lost Darius Williams, uh, Vaughn Miller, but we only had him for five minutes to get us a trophy, which worked. Um, Ogbo, Johnny Hecker, Austin Corbett, Sebastian Joseph Day, Troy Reader, to name uh, you know the notables that we lost. Um, and we did add Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner in free agency, which made a lot of those losses null and void in my opinion because these guys are two mega stars in my opinion. Allen Robinson has been in quarterback purgatory his whole career just like Matt Stafford was in NFL purgatory his whole career until he came to Los Angeles. So we're going to get to see a wide receiver in similar fashion that we saw Matt Stafford that's going to get introduced to the world for the first time in my opinion, playing for the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. So it's going to be wow. And then Bobby Wagner, come on, man. He's a future Hall of Famer. The guy is one of the best middle linebackers I've ever seen play. He's amazing, and I can't believe he's on our team. Having said that, um, we got free agents coming up after this season. We lost a a starting defensive tackle to the Chargers, Sebastian Joseph Day, right? Next season, we are losing three defensive tackles. Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson, and Marcus Copeland. Now, we did draft Bobby Brown last year, which they prepared for this, obviously took a D-tackle to replace Sebastian Joseph Day. It's exactly what they did. That's exactly what I thought they were going to do, and it happened. Um, Let's just say those three D-tackles are not going to be on our team next year. Greg Gaines is going to get a massive contract somewhere else because every year he gets better and better and better because he plays next to the best whoever did it, in my opinion, in Aaron Donald. So he's going to get paid. He's gone. Ashawn will probably be gone too. Um, Trevin Howard came on amazing last year. I, I don't know why they took so long to get that guy in the game. Um, he's... One one year, you know, David Long, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, these guys are all on on their last leg. Um, as well as, you know, guys like Rob Havenstein, Bobby Evans, David Edwards, those are all offensive linemen. Two of them are starters. Hendo, Brandon Powell, Blanton, the tight end. That's just the way I look at it. You look down the road a little bit, and then you kind of build – your draft class off of that and who do we need to replace this year to plug and play versus who are we going to pick that's going to sit and learn for a year or so and replace somebody at some point it's not rocket science in my opinion it's just a formula that i go by that's worked for me since i started doing this over two decades ago it really kind of seems like the rams the way they're set right now are built for one more run and then they got to get into developing some of this talent behind them. Because there's so many players you're mentioning that the odds of getting even half those guys back, even on a sweetheart deal, doesn't seem 
doesn't seem probable at all. So they really have to nail. They have to do this every year. You, we've talked about this. They have to nail the developing every year, and they're going to do it from the third to the seventh round. Yeah, and it can be done. You just got to get the right guys. You know, there's there's tons of talent in rounds one through seven, and everyone's opinion of these players are all different. Whether it's from Mel Kiper all the way down to a guy like me who's just done it for a hobby for two decades. Mm -hmm. We all have our opinions and our way of looking at things. I think a lot of the guys at the top, watching guys like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay forever, okay, especially Mel. He's been around forever. The way he does, yeah, the way he does things and the way he looks at players and a lot of guys that are in the media it's almost like they have this this robotic algorithm that they all go by because they say the same things over and over and over about players at different positions, analogies, you know, all it's very recycled. Where I I look at things a little bit differently. I watch a lot of interviews of these players, try to gauge some sort of idea on their personality, how they grew up, how their mind works how they are emotionally, not just their talent. As far as talent on the field, I just look for guys that are violent because this is a violent game and everybody growing up wants to be a football player, you know, but then when you actually step on the fields and put the helmet on, you find out what you're really made of. And it's, I would say out of 10 guys that step on a field as a kid, two of them stick, eight of them are gone. If that. Because it's terrifying, okay? And a lot of people don't see that until they put on that warrior outfit and the, that the ring of the plastic smashing against each other and all that goes into it, it, it will send people into a, the fetal position, you know? Yeah, so we're going to get into the draft here that he has mocked out. Before we do, and ask you to head over to Apple Music. If you haven't left the review yet, before we really appreciate it, we also want to give you a word from our sponsors. We'll knock those out now because they're, they're worthy. They're paying to be here. And then we'll get into the draft. Here we go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so with the 104th pick of the draft, you went edge. Drake Jackson from USC, what was your mentality in taking him? Well, I did a, a handful of mock. I didn't do as many mock drafts as I did last year. I didn't have the time. Um, but out of maybe the 30 I did, Drake Jackson fell to me once. Okay. So the and it was the last mock draft I did, which was this morning, I believe. And I grabbed him because I think he's a better player than landing at 104. So I took him. Um, edge is a need on the websites. It says edge is not a need on our team, but in my opinion, across from um, Greg Lloyd, we have Justin Hollins. Terrell Lewis and uh, Chris Garrett, who we picked in the seventh round next year, who I think, if given the opportunity in training camp and preseason, could win that job. Can you believe that? I think a kid from a tiny little school that got picked in the seventh round could steal that job from everybody on that side. Pretty wild, I, right? I believe it. Dude, I do believe when, it. He, when he came in the game in the fourth quarter when we were smacking up the Bucks. In SoFi week three, I was in the end zone, and the defense's back was to us. And he came on the field on the right side of the defense next to Aaron Donald in the pass rush position, and boy, did he look the part. I mean, he looked like Jadavion Clowney out there, his big old build with his dreadlocks and just super muscular, and his get-off was just hes super fast, man. I mean, unbelievably fast. And strong. I, I really think that he could he could do something. But having said that, we have three guys that are unknown on that side of the ball. Justin Hollins being the most consistent. Tara Luce is a very injury prone player. That's why he fell to the third round in the draft. Um, what was it two years ago? Because mm-hmm. uh, talent wise, he's a first round talent. Um, he was supposed to be a first round pick, but his injury concerns, he fell to the third with us and proven to be why he did he's been injured his whole career so i took drake um he has a ton of potential he's super fast off the ball he needs to learn some technique um but what he has you can't teach that's what i look for is tenacity right and he's going to be learning from guys like aaron donald greg Gaines, leonard floyd i mean come on dude those guys will with our defensive line coach and the players They'll they'll teach him what he needs to learn to become what he should be. So I snatched him up. And he could start right away. So that's where I went with that one. That was my thinking. That's the guy you have, but he only fell to you once. So is there a backup in there? Uh, there's a bunch of guys. Um, 
uh, offensive guard. He actually played tackle at Wake Forest. Zach Tom is one of my top guys. It, to be honest with you, 104 has been super difficult for me um, because a ton of good players fall to that pick every time in the mock draft simulator. So it's rough. Yeah, I pick a I, I pick Zach Tom about 70% of the time. But, yeah, it, it's tough. There's about eight guys that I see that I'm like, oh, my God, I want them all, but I can only pick one. It's tough. So, yeah, there's a few, but Zach Tom is my top guy. Offensive guard, just super nasty on the field and has amazing technique, and he's really fast for an offensive lineman. So those guys are hard to find. Whoever gets him, they're getting a great player. So kind of 142, pick 142. And we see a familiar type of pick. You go running back, and and I'm sure we'll hear from somebody, but the mentality about run, around running back right now, I think for the Rams, has shifted ever since the Todd Gurley contract. And they're going to pick it back. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick it back every year. I think you mentioned the other day when we were talking. I would so, draft a running back every year. Yeah. I would, because they're injury prone. They touch the ball a ton. It, you have, you kind of have to, and you can't pay these guys. So you need fresh legs. I mean, look at Cam Akers, uh, Hendo, you know, uh, Jake Funk in his first year, out for the season. I mean, we lost all of our running backs last year. We had to go get Sony Michelle from the Patriots at the beginning of the season. You know, so just like the Baltimore Ravens went through all of their running backs in training camp and went. You know, had to go get guys off the street. We were kind of in the same boat. So, yeah, I'm taking a, I'll take a running back every year just to make and, sure we have enough to get through the season. And the one you took was Jerome Ford, running back from Cincinnati. What, what did you like about him? <laughs> Man, 5'11", 220. He's the perfect bit of size and power and speed with the ability to break tackles. He has great hips and lateral movement, similar to Cam Akers, what I liked about him. Um, you can't teach that stuff. Their instinct, when when uh, he breaks tackles, gets his hand in the ground, pulls guys off of him, keeps moving. He's amazing, dude. And there's there's a lot of good running backs in this draft. There's like five running backs that I could have taken, and I've taken a different one on multiple occasions. But this time, it it was Jerome Ford for me. He's he's a beast, dude. So he actually you got at the at one forty two, the Rams pick again at one seventy five, their third pick of the draft. You go Zion McCollum, cornerback from Sam Houston State. What'd you like? Yeah. Well, when I pick corners, I like big corners. I like the go back to Seattle with the Legion of Boom and Brandon Browner and Richard Sherman built like linebackers on the outside of the defense, but run like corners. I mean, the, that is hard to find. And and Zion McCollum is six foot four. How many corners in the NFL are six four? Those that's a receiver height. And at 190 pounds, it keeps him quick. But when you see him on the field, he doesn't look like he's 190. He looks like he's about 215, 220. He's very big and muscular. Like I say, I like the big guys. Perfect size of combination with the speed. Tall, rangy, with great hips and lateral movement. I keep, I'll recycle that all day long. If you can't get out of your breaks and use and play the game laterally, remember that the field is 52 yards wide, right? You got to defend 52 yards wide. 
you have to have good hips and lateral movement and not be clumsy because one little misstep in the NFL and your guy's wide open. So I went with Zion there. I, I think he's – I don't care about the small school stuff. It's all garbage to me. That's another thing that guys like Mel uh, Kuyper recycles. Like, oh, he's a small school guy. Who cares? He probably went to that school because that's the only school that offered him an, a full ride academically. Who knows what the story is? But it's usually something that simple. So let's get away from that kind of talk. It's exhausting. So what got him to fall? What caused him to fall to 175 in this draft? Where did he need to work? There's a ton of good corners in this draft. I mean, a ton. And there's also a ton of need at other positions throughout the NFL on other teams. So a lot of times guys will fall because of that. The amount of players at that position that are elite versus the need, right? Supply and demand, just like in anything. So we have 211. Donovan West, interior offensive lineman from Arizona State. Yeah, if this guy falls to 211, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> he did, and I don't know why. Supply and demand, look at it this way. He's a center, okay? He played center at Arizona. He also played a little guard. But there's only 32 starting centers in the NFL, okay? If you go around and look at all the starting centers, maybe a Teams don't need one. You know, a handful of them do, but a lot of teams are pretty set at that position. So that's why guys like this fall. Has nothing to do with their ability. Six foot four, 300 pounds, tough as nails, can play in any scheme, and he has a high football IQ. You cannot pass up smart offensive linemen that are tough ever. Okay, two. All right, right next, next pick, 212. Joshua Ross, linebacker from Michigan. This guy is a traditional old school inside linebacker, just like the guy we signed from Seattle, Bobby Wagner. Six foot two, 232 pounds. He's a team captain in Michigan. A very vocal leader on and off the field. Rallies his guys, brings the energy, and brings the boom. And he is fast big strong uh great he takes great angles to tackle running backs that are on sweeps i mean the guy is just is really really good and he would be coming in as a backup and a special teamer and learning from bobby wagner straight up because if if guys like bobby go down i mean you got to look at our linebacking core too we don't we have if we if we didn't sign bobby wagner all we had on the team is three inside linebackers on our roster. That's terrifying. And two of them start. So zero depth. You know, we need to draft another inside linebacker just for depth alone and development. And this guy learning behind a future Hall of Famer that they're almost identical type players, he's the perfect fit at 211 in my opinion. So then you have Josh Joby at... Oh, you oh, skipped 218. I did. I did. 218. Talon Humphrey, inter- interior defensive lineman from Louisiana. Some the raging Cajuns. Like, he's like, it's like uh, he played for the Mud Dogs. Everybody talks about, you know, LSU this, LSU that. But let's talk about the Louisiana raging Cajuns, right? The water boy. Um, this defensive tackle is 6'5, 
350 pounds, but moves like a 290-pound defensive tackle. If you watch him get off the ball, you could tell, and I'm sure a lot of defensive tackles that are in college right now watch Aaron Donald film every single day. How can I become that guy? So now that Aaron Donald is the benchmark for that position, what I look for in defensive tackles is guys that move like him. Their hands, their lateral movement, their their get off the ball, their footwork to see if these guys are trying to be like him. And this guy is. The difference is he outweighs Aaron Donald by 70 pounds. Wow. <laughs> he is nasty and terrifying. He's like a a Sean Robinson, dude. Like, but fast. I mean, the way he gets into the backfield and hits running backs at his size, uh, I can't believe that he would be available this late in the draft. But there's a lot of good defensive tackles in this draft and need versus supply, so on and so forth. That's why players are falling in this draft because there's a lot of depth, in my opinion. What are his weaknesses? I mean, because you don't just fall just, just because of supply and demand. There's got to be other reasons that you would fall. What is the main cause, in your opinion, that get him down this far in the draft? Uh, small school and uh, his weight, 350, probably turns off some of the guys because the NFL is a faster game now. But I'm sure his 350 will turn into 335 to 330 in no time. You know how the NFL meal plans and workout programs are. They're going to whip him into shape real quick. But at 350, he doesn't look like he's out of shape i mean he's a really big man you have at 238 josh joby another cornerback so you got two in the draft so far and that's from alabama what do you got for him this guy he's jacked up physically you look at him he looks like a linebacker or a safety he's another big corner tall over 200 pounds hits like a mac truck he's a great uh, tackler, he's great at tracking the ball, and he can play the run or the pass equally. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan. Another guy that falls this late in the draft that you're like, when I put the mock draft out on the timeline today on Twitter, people were replying and like, dude, how did this guy exactly? I don't know, but I don't care. I'm grabbing him. You know, all right, and he's good, our, man. Our Mister Relevant, he's not relevant at all. Chasing Hines interior. Interior offensive lineman from LSU at pick 253. Go. He has all the attributes I look for in an offensive lineman. He's nasty at the point of attack. You can't teach that. He's great in the run game, and he's perfect for our zone blocking scheme. He needs a little bit of uh, pass pro work, but the stuff that he needs work on is teachable. Um, being mean is a gift, and he, he's, he's meaner than piss and vinegar. Can't teach that. So I can teach you how to play the game. I can't teach you how to be mean. That's just got to be in you, you know. And this guy's nasty, and that's what I look for. So I drafted two uh, interior linemen in this draft because we're losing interior linemen over the next couple of years. And I think if we draft Donovan West, he will steal uh, Brian Allen's starting job after this season. Or if Brian Allen goes down, I think he'll snatch it up and never look back. So when we look at the Rams overall, their key has been developing talent. I mean, their talent that they drafted last year 
It wasn't a good year. It wasn't a good year outside of Ernest Jones. Um, when you look at last year's draft, are there any guys that didn't really make an impact last year you're looking towards this year saying, okay, it's time for you to take the next step, they're going to make the next step, or is are you right in last year's draft off? Last year, a lot of the players went on IR, you know. Jacob Harris was supposed to be the, you know, the diamond in the rough, and boy, did we see glimpse of that, but he got hurt, and, you know, we'll never know until this year, you know, if he could stay healthy. Dude's super talented. Um, you know how I feel about the 2-2 pick. I have I had him at a seventh-round pick at best, so I don't really – we ain't talking about that guy. That guy's going to have to earn my respect. That's all I got to say. Because when he got on the NFL field, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He was scared. His eyes got all big. He was nervous because when he walked out there, he saw I, – I, I was talking – uh, who was I talking to the other day about this? I think I was talking to you about it. Remember, did I tell you the story when I, we were at training camp, right? Mm-hmm. Me and Mark. Yeah, you did. You told me. Yeah, yeah, that was you. So we were at training camp. Well, we're in the VIP tent, and I called over Tyler Higby and Morgan Fox um, to come sign autographs for Mark's son. <laughs> and they walked up to the gate. Now, I'm 5'10, five, 5'11 five, ish, you know, 220 pounds. I'm not a tiny guy. And when those two walked up to the fence, they made me feel like a toddler. Okay? And I tower over guys like Tutu Atwill. I'll run that guy over right now at 43 years old. I got one good hit left in me, and I'd give it to him. I'm telling you right now, you're that skinny. And they say he's 5'9". We'll see. I need to go stand. I need to go to training camp and, and call him over to the fence, and we need to look eye to eye, and let's see if he's an inch shorter than me. I don't believe it. He's tiny, man. He reminds me of Tavon so much. Um, not a fan, dude. I, we could have had Nick Bolton or Creed Humphrey at that pick. I don't want to hear it. You pass up on blue chip guys for projects? Come on, man. I love you, Les Need Shami, baby. Stop playing around. You don't just because our team's good and we win the Super Bowl, like, and we didn't even we weren't even Super Bowl champs. This was last year, and they're playing around with the draft, and they admitted it. They called it a throwaway draft. First of all, that's insulting to the players you drafted. I'd be pissed off if I was one of those guys and you said that on a microphone. Number two, you insulted the fans by saying that out loud. A throwaway draft? Why would you do that? When you, you could have Creed Humphrey finished this season as the number one center in the NFL. He's a rookie. Okay? He's the best center in the league. He's a rookie. And you passed on him. And you passed on Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton pretty out. close to going to the Pro Bowl. Okay, I could have picked you two blue chip guys right there. No brainer. Anybody could have picked those guys. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. It's common sense. Um, last year's draft, outside of uh, Ernest Jones, and Ernest Jones was my guy. You know that I picked Nick Bolton, and, and I picked two linebackers every mock draft last year. Ernest Jones was my second linebacker every single time because he was falling to the sixth round on TDN. But they picked him in the third. I knew how talented he was. When they grabbed him in the third, I was like, oh, okay. Well, they're seeing what I see. I was only taking him in the sixth because I could. But that's just a draft machine. It is what it is. But at least I get the guys that I know are good. And when they picked him, I was very excited because they picked a player that I wanted on the team anyway. And look, at he's a starter now. I think I have a pretty damn good eye for talent at this point. And I think 
you know, being on these shows the last couple of years and, and, and on Twitter, I think the fans by now should trust me. They should. They should. I still would say Tutu Atwell, horrifying pick. I still can't believe they did. I still can't believe they did. And I think over the years, you know, I, I can look back at like our old, I can look at our old Apple reviews and how many times has someone said, Derek's so negative. You guys are so negative. I mean, when they do something right, you got to call it out for being right. When they do something wrong, you're going to call it out for being wrong. That's that's the job. That's what you do. And when we we have we sung a lot of the Rams' praises with it as they made the Super Bowl run. They made a lot of good decisions over the years. They've developed a lot of players over the years. But they're, they're like everybody else in the league. They're going to make their mistakes. They're going you're to make not, their you're, mistakes. You're, you're not going to hit on every pick. I don't care how good you are as a scout or a GM. You're not. It's impossible. If you hit on 50% of your draft picks, you're a hero in my opinion. And that does not happen very often. Okay? If you can hit 50%, so we have eight picks this year. That means if you pick four guys that can be future starters, dude, you nailed it. That's all you have to do, 50%. That ain't hard. That's an F on a test, by the way. <laughs> for you, you know what I mean, yeah. but in the NFL draft, if you hit fifty percent, dude, you're building a superstar team every year. And for a while, well, there's seven, you know, 2017, 2020, they they were getting players every year, half or yeah. more. They yeah, they they, they their 2017 draft was woo wee. It was phenomenal. It was good. You know, they still they, they, if you you know, we'll see, man. I, I'm I'm super. I always get excited for the combination of Sean and Les since they started drafting players on this team because, you know, they have the difference between guys like them and guys like myself. They have more access um, than we do as fans, right? I don't have the ability to travel around to these Concordia schools and go watch these dudes in person because there is no tape on them like Chris Garrett. He wasn't even on my radar. They picked him in the seventh round, and I and I looked I looked him up right away, and I was like, "Ooh, wow!" Like, and I started you know digging around for some sort of video on him, and I was super impressed. But when you play for a small school like that, I mean, the videos are, they're not digital. Let's say that they're pretty they're pretty choppy. Well, they're so I'm always be. interested to see who they're going to pick because they have. They have some interesting outlooks. And let's be honest, you know, people are like, oh, they don't draft linebackers or they don't draft offensive linemen, Tommy. Why, what are you talking about? Go back to 2018. They drafted three offensive linemen in an inside linebacker. They draft players at positions that they need that are coming up that they know they're going to have to fill gaps at some point with players that they're, that they're looking at that are on the roster now and be like, yeah, we drafted this guy, but yeah, after his contract's up, we're not re-signing him. Taylor Raps is going to be one of those guys. The sad thing is, is guys like Nick Scott that you draft and you barely get him on the field a year before his contract's up and he's balls out. So <laughs> he's in the last year of his contract next year and the Rams have never signed a safety to an extension, not in my lifetime. So guess what? They're both gone. Until I see them extend a safety that they drafted I'm going to stick with the status quo. They don't sign safeties. They draft them, they use them, and they let them go. I mean, I look – this is the reason why I brought up 
numerous times that the, the NFL system is kind of messed up and that you, you're a team like the Rams. Or I can go back. You mentioned the Legion of Boom earlier. Look at what the, I mean, what the, the Seahawks did. And they were managed to build this amazing defense. Talent everywhere. And then when it came time to paying them, they couldn't pay them. So the Rams are one of those teams that develop talent. The Seahawks developed their talent. And then when it came down to them going to free agency, the Rams couldn't keep them. The Seahawks couldn't keep them. They couldn't pay them. And it seems wrong to me that you develop these guys. You do this. Your franchise do this, does this. And yet the way the salary is structured, you can't keep them. Unless you go let go of somebody else you need there. This is why I think that, and it bothers me that this doesn't come up more, that when you have when you have the the um, union negotiation, they should have added something in about homegrown players, an exemption for homegrown players to a year, something like that, to give teams an opportunity to keep players like, say, a Nick Scott that they'd like to be able to pay, but their cap stops them from paying. Yeah, I mean, they they couldn't re-sign J.J. because they extended the wrong guys. They extended Goff. They extended Gurley. They extended Brandon Cooks. None of those guys are on our team. They obviously learned the hard way with that. You know, like I said, the Rams do make mistakes. Those are three mistakes right there. But it's not just that. I mean, even the, even in cases where the Rams, I mean, let's just say Todd Gurley stayed healthy. They re-signed him, and all of a sudden it's worth it, right? It's, it's not about the injuries. It's about, you know... Why are teams punished for being good at developing their talent? Well, we give them a compensation pick. Well, I mean, okay. Yay, compensation picks. That, that, that's another person you got to develop instead of, instead of keeping the person you did develop. That still bothers me. And, and I guess I can complain about it over and over again. It's not going to change anything. They're not going to do it. But they really should look at it. Yeah, I mean, you you can only pay... You know, like I always say, you can only pay about seven to eight premium guys mm-hmm. on your team, and the rest of that is you got to fill in the gaps, and you got to be good at drafting guys, and you got to be able to get lower tier uh, f- uh, veteran free agents to come in on low deals when you're winning to help win, right? In the last couple of years, we've been great at doing that. All right, so Tommy, any last thoughts about the draft? Anything outside the Rams you want to bring up, like? Anything, you know, what do you think is going to happen that may shock the world? Anything like that that that's out there in your brain? Um, I think there's going to be tons of existing players. Not tons, but there's going to be a handful of superstar players that are going to get traded. I think Debo Samuel's getting traded. I mean, there's, there's, this is going to be, it's be, now, the Rams have created this behavior that other teams are starting to do now. Look at what, you know, Russell Wilson just going to the Broncos. We're seeing teams go, you know what? Maybe these picks aren't that valuable. Let's go get some guys that we know that are already good and put them into the league. Uh, like I said the other day when I was on the phone with you, Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football had a great analogy. He said, the Rams look at draft picks as scratchers, and they trade them for straight cash. I thought that was brilliant because it's true. A draft pick is a scratcher. You buy a scratcher at the store, you don't know if it's a winner or not until you scratch it off. And if you don't win, it's a bust, right? There's your first-round bust right there. Boom, throw it in the trash. 
why not trade that scratcher for a guaranteed bona fide stack of cash in a player that's already established? Not a bad way to look at it. They changed the game, in my opinion, and now other teams are starting to follow suit because we all know the NFL's a parody. They, everyone follows everybody and everything they do. If someone's winning and doing it a different way, oh, we bring in a 30-year-old coach. Now now the league is becoming 30, 30 to 40-year-old coaches, not 70-year-old coaches. Before you know it, all the old coaches are going to be gone. I mean, that's why I had to chuckle when, when uh, McVay did not win you know, coach of the year, or Steen didn't win executive of the year. I'm sitting there thinking he won't win executive of the year because they don't want to admit the Rams broke the system. And yeah. I mean, he did. I mean, they, they shifted everything and they've remade everything. And teams didn't like that. Like, teams, how many times have we read an article where, you know, some anonymous executive hammered Sneed for the, it's not going to work. It can't work, blah, blah, blah. And then guess what? It keeps working. I mean, I think it catches up to him eventually. Everything does. Whatever system you use, whatever you're riding, whatever hill you're going to die on, you're going to die on eventually. But the Rams keep finding a way to navigate all this, and and it makes me think that by the time they have to actually deal with everything, it was going to be time for it's going to be time for a rebuild, anyways. But I mean, everyone keeps talking about that too, Derek. You know, oh, the the, the wheels are going to fall off at some point. What if it doesn't? What if they change the game forever? What if they change the way the NFL's ran? And you know what? More power to them. I, 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 I was on this. I've been on this for a couple years now. The Rams are going to take their medicine. And I think in small doses they will. I mean, they, they've had to already a couple times. But overall, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that that idea is wrong. Like, instead of taking their medicine, um, they're staying healthy. They're not taking any medicine. You know, that's what they're, I'm they're, they're, they're not going to take medicine if this particular thing happens. It's going to be down the road because Matthew Stafford isn't going anywhere anytime soon. He's not ready to retire. He's he, This is the second coming of Matthew Stafford, okay? What's going to happen is, is if when Matthew Stafford retires, if the Rams trade for another veteran quarterback, nobody's taking medicine ever. They changed the game. if they don't if they don't have to go into the pool and draft a quarterback and develop him and they just go grab somebody else's guy that that has five years left on his career that's still playing at a high level and just plug him in instead of matt stafford then then guess what they did change the way the nfl will be ran forever so I'm going to be watching yeah. for that at some point, but it's it's a ways down the road. But pay attention, guys. Look at look at things like that, and and you'll see that if that comes to fruition, that they did change the game. I think that we have to be open to it. I mean, before I was just so locked in as you know they they are going to they are going to, and I think the only area they might actually really get hurt is because they're going off and they're trading draft picks away for stars. Then they got to pay those stars. Once you pay those stars, instead of having dudes on rookie contracts, then you're seeing an inflated salary cap table. And the Rams, I mean, people realize they they won the Super Bowl last year with like $40 million in dead cap space. They basically won the Super Bowl with a salary, an active salary cap about $40 million lower than what, what it could have been. That's bananas to me. 
And yeah. now they have more money available because these guys are coming off the books. I just look at that. You can't you can't sustain that. Like, I mean, you're going to pay a price somewhere in there, but it doesn't mean you can't win. It just means the margin of error, in my view, is smaller. You have, like you mentioned it in the draft, you have to nail this. You have to get guys you can develop. You got to get the right guys in there who will develop and be impact players quickly. I mean, good death guys, guys will get on the field, guys who will eventually step into stars. And if they keep doing that, there's no reason they can't keep trading first-round picks. There's no reason they, they can't keep. No, I agree. Look at what they just did. They extended Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford now counts this year for only $13 million against the cap. Are you kidding me? That's pennies, dude. Look at these other guys that get paid $40 million against the cap. And Matt, <laughs> Matt is 13. So who's the dummy here? It's the other guys. Right, they're working on the old system. They're working on the old system. Rams are working on the new system. Okay, we, they can't sign the draft picks right now. The Rams are like five million over the cap right now, or something like that. All right, so they're going to restructure Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald just bought a seventeen million dollar house today. By the Bananas. way, he's getting restructured. So is Cooper Cup, and so is Jalen Ramsey because their cap hits are huge right now. They're in the twenties. So they're all going to get restructured so they could sign the draft picks and they could sign guys like um, the Honey Badger. Watch. Just watch. And, of course, OBJ is coming back. I don't want to hear every day on the TL, bring back OBJ. Dude, he has a torn ACL. Shut up. He's not playing for anyone right now. He loves the city of L.A. The kid was born to be in a city like this he doesn't want to play for anyone else but this team he will be a ram this coming season if he's not i'll be blown away i'm telling you right now I, i'm all in that obj is going to be on this team relax guys all right so there you go everybody follow us on twitter ram tommy in la will no longer be ram tommy in la one day if you've been paying attention to his twitter feed, you'll know that Follow me at DC Polycourse. Follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. And we'll be back during the draft giving you our thoughts. In the meantime, have a great one and we're out of here. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com